Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's Original each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we'll be speaking with Dr. Ingrid Rowland, professor of history and classics at the University of Notre Dame's Rome Global Gateway and author of From Pompeii, the afterlife of a Roman town. She's speaking to us from the city of Rome, and turns out she's got some beef with Mount Vesuvius. Hi, Dr. Roland. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us today. So let, let's talk about uh, Mount Vesuvius. And I, I actually want to start off by getting an idea of of what life was like for the average citizen of Pompeii and Herculeum. Yeah, I think they knew that big mountain was there, but it hadn't misbehaved for a really long time. And we know that from the Roman writer Vitruvius, who says there are stories about fires stalking the countryside, but nothing like that's happened recently. The only thing is that the area has hot caves. In 63, there had been a major earthquake. So being a citizen of Pompeii, before Vesuvius erupted meant that you had some disturbances. You couldn't go to your main temple because that temple had been severely damaged in an earthquake in 63. So all the stuff from the temple had been taken to another shrine. But basically, they went around 
much as we do, it was smellier then. They had traffic problems because a former student of mine actually isolated the traffic patterns of Pompeii. And they had one-way streets and two-way streets. He just traced the ruts and all the scrapes along walls and curbs to find out where the traffic went. It was a port city, so you had sailors, tradesmen, a number of prostitutes. They were much freer about some things like sex than we are. It was just something you did, like having a drink of water and a natural function. But in a lot of ways, and then gladiatorial combat is something that we would find fairly disgusting. But in many ways, they were just like us. And they had this big cone covered with vegetation right in their line of sight. But because Vesuvius hadn't erupted, it was all green. It was a pretty green mountain instead of an angry gray mountain. So were they aware that they were living, uh, you know, by the foot of a a volcano? How far along were they, were the scholars in in their geological studies? Not too far. So they knew that there were all kinds of strange things happening in that area. There was a legend that goes back at least to the ancient Greeks when they colonized the area that there was an entrance to hell and that nobody, it's a volcanic crater that's now a lake called Lake Avernus. And the word was supposed to be birdless lake because any bird got poisoned. In historical times, there was a cave where there were vapors. And so if you brought a dog in, the dog would pass out and and human beings would pass out slightly later and everybody would die if you didn't get them out of there. And then things shifted so that the dog cave no longer exists. There were artesian springs. So in modern Pompeii, there was a mineral water supply for many years. And then one day an earthquake shifted and the artesian spring was just cut off. And so no more mineral water. And so they're always, they knew that the earth was really shifty. They didn't know that that particular mountain was quite as mean as it is. It's, it's, we always say in Italy that Mount Etna is a good volcano and Vesuvius is a bad volcano. It's mean. <laughs> and Renzo Piano has actually done a shopping center near Vesuvius called the Good Volcano. And it's a volcano-shaped shopping center where a number of my friends go to shop at the, let's go to the Good Volcano today. <laughs> okay, so I have some questions about uh, Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger. <laughs> Um, what what is their background? Who are they? And why are they so integral to what we know about this disaster? And they're the people who told us about it. And actually, it's Pliny the Younger, who's the nephew of Pliny the Elder. And Pliny the Elder was the head of the Roman Navy, which was stationed right off the coast of Naples, which is the great port on the west coast of Italy. Incredibly rich countryside amazing lifestyle. And so that's why they had the fleet in that area, because it's a perfect set of harbors. And Pliny the Younger was coming along with him to learn the ropes of how to be an important Roman, which meant that you learned rhetoric, you learned how to be learned so that when you talked to people, you sounded persuasive. They were both trained as lawyers, and then also in the military. And Pliny the Younger would go on like his uncle, and rise up through the bureaucracy of the Roman state. And he actually became the governor of the district around today's Istanbul. 
because they were important, they wrote a lot. And Pliny the Elder was a workaholic, so to save time, he wrote when he was being carried around in his litter chair, because God forbid that somebody like, there were no admiral would walk through town, you were carried through town. And he used the time as he was being carried through town in his little litter to read books and dictate books to his scribe. So he wouldn't even write it. He'd dictate to his scribe. And it so happened that they were stationed north of Naples when the volcano started blowing. And so Pliny the Elder, as admiral, went out to mount a rescue operation. But he was also interested in their equivalent of science. And so he died in a combination of setting up a rescue operation and trying to find out what was happening. And he was obese and asthmatic and got too close to the fumes. And that was the end of it. Pliny the Younger was studying and he didn't want to go follow his uncle into this daring rescue operation. So he sat behind and was reading his papyrus scrolls while his uncle went out. And so everything that we know is the younger man hearing what the entourage of the older man said when they came back and they said he was so brave and he really was, as he was manning all of these rescue ships as admiral of the Roman Navy. On the day of the volcanic eruption, what was the first sign that something was going terribly wrong? And how did people react at first? Yes, what we know now is usually you've got several weeks of weird things happening because the earth starts bubbling up. And so once the lava, or in this case, it wasn't lava, it was pyroclastic flow. So as will happen now, what happened then, because it hadn't erupted for a long time, Vesuvius had this big rock plug in all of its holes. And so what you get is this huge explosion where solid matter is just blown by gas sky high. But before the solid matter is blown sky high, you've got lots of rumbling. So the earth is going up and down. Animals are acting really weird and people are probably disconcerted. And then what they realized is that there is this huge thing that looked Pliny the Younger says, like an umbrella cloud of, or an umbrella pine. So this mushroom cloud smoke starts coming out of Vesuvius. And it's the mushroom cloud of smoke that gives them a warning that something really major is underway. And everybody said, oh, no, it's just fires lit by people on the mountain. Because Vesuvius was so inactive up to then, there were people who were living inside the crater. So when Spartacus, the rebellious slave, led his revolution, he held out in the crater of Vesuvius for a couple of years and was able to fight off the Roman army because he was inside a volcanic crater. Talk about epic. Yeah, it's Kirk Douglas all the way. (laughs) So what was the town's evacuation plan? They didn't even know they needed one. (laughs) With Herculaneum, we can actually see where crowds of people ran down to the beach to be picked up by the Navy. So that was part of Pliny's rescue effort, but it was all completely improvised. And things happened so fast. So with Pompeii, what they started getting was a rain of what are called lapilli. So little pieces of what used to be that giant rock plug of the volcano. And so you started getting this rock rain and people tried to get away from it. 
a lot of people must have escaped, but some people probably thought, well, just stay inside and shelter and it'll all blow over. And what killed them wasn't being buried by the rocks. It was the fact that at a certain point, the volcano just emitted huge quantities of super hot gas. So something like 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And then these waves of gas just came tumbling down. And so the people that we find were gassed. That's horrifying. And then it all repeated in 1631 because after the Middle Ages, Vesuvius was quiet again. And then it blew its top in the same way in 1631. And right now, the civil protection is saying the next time it blows, it's going to be one of these ones like 1631, where it's a rock core that's just going to blow. Wow. So and people obviously still live near the mountain. Okay. yes. (laughs) All over. There's 600,000 people in the so-called red zone. And those are the people that need absolutely to be evacuated because they're going to be otherwise enveloped in poison gas. I, I hope they do have an evacuation plan at now, nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's very detailed. And each region of Italy is going to host one town. There are 18 towns involved. And so each little town knows where it's supposed to go. And they said, you're going to have several weeks and there may be a false alarm where things get really unstable. So the earth may rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall and it won't mean anything. (laughs) It could relapse for another 50 years and then it'll happen again. It's just crazy. Yeah. So at the time of the eruption, where, where did the survivors go to rebuild and how did they deal with the trauma of this tragedy. They often rebuilt right on top of where they'd been before, because the thing about volcanic soil is that it's incredibly fertile because it's got all these chemicals. And the area of Pompeii was called the Chivita, which just meant city. So they knew there was a city underneath. They didn't build quite as large a city, but basically everybody just went to other parts of the Bay of Naples. And the really scary thing is that the Bay of Naples itself is this giant rim of a crater. So there's a megagalactic undersea volcano that's bigger than Vesuvius by many orders of magnitude. So if you really want to scare yourself, you can think, what if that blows? You're you're giving me tiny heart attacks by the minute. Every time I go down there with students, I think, what if something starts happening? What do we do? If you had to pick something or someone that was to blame for the level of destruction that happened due to the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, what would you pick? Oh, Vesuvius is a mean volcano. It's mean. It's not like Mount Etna, which blows all the time. And because Etna is always going it never gets a plug. Vesuvius had a period between 1631 and 1944. It erupted a lot. And so it was good. I was in Puebla, Mexico, where there's a volcano not too far away, but it's a good volcano too, which means you get volcanic ash falling on you all the time. That's fascinating. So it's it's like a Vesuvius was almost like a, a lazy volcano where it would go to sleep for too long. Yeah, then it wakes up and it's really crabby. I, I had never thought of Vesuvius in that way. 
Dr. Roland, thank you so much for joining us today and for helping us get down to the bottom of who's to blame for Mount Vesuvius. This was really fun. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Good morning. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. It may be daytime in Rome, but it's still morning here in California. Wow. It's re- <laughs> what I love about that is that people can listen to this at any time. We're not live. Time is relative, I guess. Well, it was the perfect time in Rome to speak about Mount Vesuvius because she really schooled us. There was so much that I hadn't considered about the mountain itself. What did you guys think about uh, who she thought was to blame? I mean, she she really pinned it on Mount Vesuvius being a, a nasty, nasty mountain. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, you know that volcanoes had personality types until <laughs> Doctor uh, Roland came along. I loved Doctor Roland calling Mount Vesuvius a bad volcano because I think 
I don't know. I would be open to switching plat, uh, plate tectonics for Mount, a bad volcano, Mount Vesuvius, because it's basically Mount Vesuvius is so devious because not only does it erupt so aggressively and kill everyone who lives around it, then it lures them back with its fertile volcanic soil and the process starts again. And so this this volcano is is like a serial killer. Yes. Very, very um, manipulative and conniving in its uh, eruption strategies. Yes, I would agree. I, I think so, because you can't just throw plate tectonics out. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can't <laughs> say all plate tectonics are bad. Just some manifestations of certain areas where plate tectonics exist are bad. That's a good point, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> um, but but seriously, uh, just thinking of it in that way uh, makes me think that we might have slapped the wrong thing. It's possible that we really should be slapping Mount Vesuvius. Now, do or we want to keep... Mount Vesuvius's attitude? Yeah, like a, a bad attitude. That's right. Mount Vesuvius's bad attitude. I believe you would say bad-itude. <laughs> you yes you would say that um and, and we feel good about i think i feel good about roman hedonism still going to jail right i mean i i i was i was um on the fence when we were talking about it i'm still kind of on the fence because i still think it it relates back to that sort of um karmic thinking and you know yeah they were bad people but like it i just think that as you know it's the uh, a mountain has a, a, a the mountain has more to blame the mountain's playing god that's true and i don't like that i don't like that either so i don't know i mean i i still kind of just because the romans were sort of like so reckless living on this volcano although they didn't really know it was a volcano but they knew there was something happening I don't know. I could go either way, Rebecca, so I leave it to you. But I do like the idea of at least slapping the bad vo- the uh, Mount Vesuvius's baditude. Baditude, yeah. I actually think I'm going to change my verdict. Mm. I Oh, my God. Exciting. <laughs> Amanda <laughs> almost spit her coffee out. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> um, I, I actually feel there was something about hedonism that I didn't like, but uh, sending them to jail just because I guess we, I think the three of us are pretty hedonistic ourselves. Um, <laughs> oh, um, I mean, we do, we can drink a whole bottle of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc. So <laughs> don't get me started. No sharing when it comes to Kim Crawford. <laughs> um, but uh, I think what she said that really blew my mind was and something I wasn't understanding was that volcanoes are different (laughs) they're not all created equal and this one was particularly um mean and 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 like you said Amanda just uh like like a serial killer um and you can't really blame the victims right for falling once again you know it's 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 cal- it's a calm period i mean the fact that spartacus lived there for years so that that that's very conniving that's very um duplicitous <laughs> you know uh, of the mountain to to do that to humans now i know we're playing with mother nature right 
it's it's uh who's to say but I just think bad on the mountain. You could have given them more warning. You could have been the kind of mountain that spews a little lava here and there, uh, giving them more signs. I think, you know, Mount Vesuvius. Mount Vesuvius is bad at baditude, Amanda. Baditude. <laughs> That's right. You're just combining the words. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mount Vesuvius, Mount Vesuvius is baditude. <laughs> You're, why is it so hard for me to say this one? Do you, do you need me to say that when it, I'll say yes. Batitude? Mount Vesuvius's Batitude. You're going to the alarmist jail. Roman hedonism, you're getting the big slap. I do want to point out uh, that we should have given the clap to someone. I think Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger should have gotten clapped. So, guys, hey, hey, you two, you're getting the big clap. (laughs) And now before we get to um, our listener mail, we have a couple of new reviews I would love to read. So this one comes in from CMDM. It says, funny and smart five stars. They surprise me how they make things interesting, dot, dot, dot. Things I would not think would be interesting, dot, dot, dot. Okay, and so the other one is from Trooks218, five stars. Hello, my name is Taryn. I'm 14 and I love this podcast. Informative, fun, lighthearted. I listen every night before bed, just discovered so I can listen every day with the old episodes. So thank you very much, Taryn. Oh, that's so sweet. And of course, I have to plug the live show, The Alarmist Live, that is happening tomorrow, um, Friday the 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it's all from the comfort of your own home. Um, We're going to do an episode on who's to blame for prohibition. It's going to be really fun. I'm so excited. I mean, we are going to get dressed up. We are going to have a cocktail. We are going to discuss the ins and outs of prohibition. And we just got a very good uh, guest expert that I'm very excited to have on the show. Yes, he claims to have controversial opinions on prohibition, so should be interesting. <laughs> he, yes, he's incensed from his emails. He's incensed by prohibition. And we're also going to have some audience interaction. So don't worry, you're not going to be on camera or anything. So you don't feel like you have to, uh, you know, run a brush through your hair. But we are going to be polling you and you're going to help us decide who to send to jail this time. Yeah, you can kind of like chime in and be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah, you can tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> you can reserve your spot to watch the live show at houseseats.live. Um, it's, the link is in our show notes. And it's just pay what you can. So anywhere from zero to a million dollars and all the proceeds go to support the show. So we would really, really appreciate it if you would take an hour and uh, send some people to jail with us. So uh, we did. We have gotten a few uh, listener emails and... Um, we, we got one from, uh, this one's from Lisa, and she says, hi there. This is regarding the Kanye West, uh, Taylor Swift episode. And she says, I've been listening to the Kanye West, Taylor Swift podcast, and I have some concerns about how mental illness has been discussed. 
I have been a mental health therapist for 20 years, and I am passionate about addressing stigma and educating people about person-centered language. When speaking about a diagnosis, instead of saying Kanye is bipolar, it is more appropriate to say, for example, Kanye is a person with bipolar disorder. Avoid the use of suffers from or struggles with as well. The person is not bipolar, first and foremost. They are a person with a name and a life outside of their illness. One should also avoid the with, say, diabetes, uh, say a person with diabetes rather than he, she is a diabetic. It may seem like a small thing, but it's important to reduce stigma and see people as human beings above all else. Also, in the case of Kanye West, it's frustrating for family members and friends to have a person with a mental illness refuse treatment. Bipolar disorder is a diagnosis that has a high level of noncompliance because people sometimes like the feeling of mania that can produce energy and creative ideas, despite the fact that they can be grandiose and or unrealistic. And uh, so, so Lisa is a, a licensed mental health practitioner, and uh, she's a fan of the show, and she wrote in, and we really uh, appreciate um, this kind of help with terminology. I think it's really helpful and useful and important for us to educate ourselves on how to destigmatize uh, mental health. Well, that's great to know. So we're building. We're building our useful uh, vocabulary around mental health. So thank you, Lisa. Um, we also have other emails. Uh, we have Miranda Ramirez who wrote in and she said, I feel like you should have put Jennifer Lopez on the board. She's referring to the Selena murder episode. So she's just <laughs> okay, catching up here. For clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for Vesuvius or no. Uh, so she, uh, she says, okay, this might be my own conspiracy theory idea, but who, uh, who had the most to gain from Selena's death? Jennifer Lopez. She basically stepped into the life Selena should have been living. Think about it. I think you need an aftermath episode about this. I like your podcast. So <laughs> that's how she put it. <laughs> so uh, she, I mean, she's, she's, she's going out on a limb saying that Jennifer Lopez actually had something to do with the murder of Selena, which I don't think that is confirmable is there any evidence to support that or it's just her working theory i think it's just a theory at this point but you know what we shouldn't dis discard everything right off the bat let's take a look <laughs> I'll, as the fact checker i'll give it a good gander i'll see if there's anything behind there maybe i'll reach out to one of jlo's reps and see if i can have a conversation about it <laughs> you do that chris i think the only thing we're sending jennifer lopez to jail for is making 50 the new 20 <laughs> yes that should Absolutely. be illegal yeah we need to be able to we need ladies and men need to be able to turn it off at a certain point we can't stay hot forever and she's really making that seem possible so i totally agree with you amanda <laughs> and finally we got a letter from uh deputy chris uh, a big fan he uh says hey alarminators he likes to play with um 
uh, words. Um, and he said, lovely show as usual. Uh, as always, five stars. I like that he always gives, re-gives us the five stars. Um, I'm surprised that as a history buff, you, uh, that I didn't know about the Halifax uh, disaster. I would like to propose another culprit, the submarine nets. The pilot of the SS IMO was pissed because the subnets were closed before he was done refueling and he was now a half day late. The pilot of the SS Mont Blanc was uh, also le pissed because, get it, because he's French, um, because not only was he, was he closed out a half day late, but he had to spend the night outside with the subs in a great, uh, in a great big bomb. And they wouldn't even send anyone out to help protect them because they already closed the subnets. So uh, morning come and both pilots want to get a move on. I think you let the IMO pilot off too easy. Yes, because I feel he was uh, going F this. I'm out. I'm going around these tugs. Uh, so he's got a very imaginative um uh, way of uh, seeing the events. Um, and uh, finally, uh, Deputy Chris says, uh, World War I, Germany submarines. You know who else fought in Germany in World War I? A little fellow named Adolf Hitler. Just saying. So he's really trying to get Hitler um, to the alarmist jail. Um, but I, I, I can't say that I, I... I do think we put the nets up on the board didn't we, Amanda? Uh, you know, we circled it, but I don't think we ever actually put him up on the board. So I think Deputy Chris is is right. So, yeah, that's all I have for listener emails right now. And, of course, emails are great and everything, but you know what's even better is a voicemail. So you can call us at 626-604-6262. <laughs> My favorite song. <laughs> Uh, and the delivery of the song is beautiful, Amanda. Tune in next week. We will be discussing the Iran hostage crisis. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 